Welcome to Adopters Born in China podcast. Uh, happy holidays, 2023. First time stamp. Oh, yeah, that's true. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. I feel like I'm not doing these as frequently as I used to, and that's okay. I'm speaking with Vanessa. We actually talked briefly before. And then I was like, okay, let's record and talk about adoption in Chinese adoptees. So hello, Vanessa. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you again. I know. It's kind of nice. Like, uh, I guess it wasn't that long ago that we actually spoke and talked about, I guess, everything going on at the time. But I feel like a lot can happen in two weeks or less. Yeah, the holidays are here. They are upon us. Yes. And did we reach the last night of Hanukkah yet? Uh, yes, yes it, was we definitely... last, it was yesterday. It was the oh, last. It was yesterday? Okay, yeah. I have I have noticed it was like we have the world's largest menorah apparently in New York City. Um, they they like, built it and then they like, put it up. I saw it when they were like preparing it and putting it up, and then the day after and each day, of course, that followed, they were like doing a lighting every night. Yeah, yeah, I did. I heard about that as well. I oh yeah. The, the 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 giant menorah. Yeah. There's a couple of California, but they aren't that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks pretty big from my standpoint, but I'm kind of surprised it's the largest one. Uh, I figured there'd be like bigger ones in other places. I feel like there might be bigger ones, but they might not be working menorahs. Like you can't actually. Oh, light like light it. Okay. Because I've seen like statues, and they they can be pretty big, but I don't. Yeah. Think they, like I don't think you can light it. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm I didn't go to the lighting, so I don't know like if they actually had fire or not, like actual lighting. Um, but the the whole thing itself was like lights, like a line of lights, and then they would like I thought they were just lighting that up, not necessarily like actually lighting fire. So sure. Yeah, I don't know. The ones that have like the gas where it's like it's all yeah. Flame that makes me a little nervous. I'm like, I feel like there's a, there's, a, there's a fire hazard. Yeah, there's some safety. I mean, I'm sure in the original times there were definitely a lot of incidents of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone like, had lamps. You know, yes, exactly. I mean, you hear about instances of like trees catching fire, so it's still <laughs> still a trees. common practice, I guess. Christmas trees are a huge fire hazard. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, yeah. that's. We're going, um, I already got sidetracked, <laughs> but yes, let's, let's go rewind here. And I always do like to start asking about, um, please share more about your adoption and what you're comfortable sharing with people. Yeah. So, um, I was adopted in 1998. I, I was not yet a year old, so I was really young. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, excuse me. I was born in 1998. I was adopted in 1999. So the year after, oh. my parents went with a large group. Like the agency brought 14 families, I think it was, together. I flew everyone to China at once. And then we were all, like all of the girls were adopted at once. Mm-hmm. In- and we were group 28. So I actually still know most of them. Oh. Yeah, There's... we're all in our 20s now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it 14? 14 seems really big, but maybe that's just... Yeah, there were, there were, I believe, 14 or 15 girls who were all adopted at once. One is a set of twins, 
Oh. So we had we had about I think we had thirteen families, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Okay. And were you all variety of ages too, from like I guess months old to years? Yeah, most of us were under a year. I think oh, there was wow. at a year, but we were all very young. Oh, and that's so cool that you guys are still in touch. I guess like with Facebook and other other Instagram and other things. Well, our parents had reunions growing up. So oh. reunions. So we were going to reunions until 18, basically, the last yeah. year. And we still like keep in touch. I'm mm-hmm. actually one of my uh, best friends who was also in the group. Um, she's actually c- coming up here to visit tonight. So oh. Oh, that's great. To, we're gonna go look at Christmas lights. Okay, that's awesome that you're like one of your best friends is somebody from the group. Were any of you from the same like welfare institute too, or no? It was just like the um, same area. We're all from the same area. A lot of us were from the same orphanage. There's a couple people I know that were in foster care, and but everyone was in the same area. The mm. person I'm actually, she's actually coming up to hang out tonight. So she and I were. Uh, like neighbors in the orphanage we were like crib mates so uh, I love it that and so we've technically known each other longer than our parents yeah oh I love those I feel like those some of those connections are like the strongest ones too it's like we are from the same place well I guess adopted from the same place not exactly the same we're not from the same place we're from different moms of course um, or are you no that would be like a conspiracy. We did, take DNA. we did take DNA tests and we are not related. Ah, damn. Okay. It's like, like what if you were cousins or I don't know. We did. That was the whole reason that we got 23andMe was to Oh. But yeah, we are not. We are not genetically related. Okay. Did you guys get 23andMe when you were a little bit older? Or did you do that pretty young? Um, I think I was like, I think we were like in college. So like. Oh, yeah. It was really cool. I got some surprises on 23andMe like they said that I had like a Vietnamese great-grandparent which was really interesting but it, oh. I got to make sense I'm from where I was adopted is about two hours north of the Vietnamese border I and see. that border has changed many times over history that's not really surprising yeah, yeah yeah but I thought that was really fascinating that is pretty cool and I think as every year where like, the database for talking through me continues to like change and shift like the more people that enter into it and I think a lot mm-hmm. of like adoptees for sure but like Asian people enter into 23andMe so you'll yeah. keep showing I guess mm-hmm. one thing I do wish that would be cool on 23andMe is if you because it right now it only shows your genetic relations it'd be really cool if there's like a way to like asterisk and be like I am not genetically related to this person but like either like like these are my adoptive parents or these are like a partner mm-hmm. because yeah. the only way that's going to like show on a family tree is if like you're genetically related related yeah mm-hmm. i have a lot of my other family is on 23 and me but like i don't show up in their family trees and they don't show the... up. oh yeah and I think it's Ancestry that does have like a family tree feature where you're able to like add people to it or something. But I think Ancestry, from what I recall, I mean, it's been a minute since I've looked, but I think Ancestry is mostly like European Ancestry. Uh, I heard the time for me was better if you were Asian. Yeah, same. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. And you guys are going to meet and see, go see lights. I love it. That's, that's uh, what I do. Yeah. 
we try to get together like because she lives in San Diego, so mm-hmm. we're about two hours away from each other. So mm-hmm. we try to like, get together, or I mean, we talk all the time, like through text or yeah. whatever. Try to actually see each other. I was in her wedding. I was a bridesmaid. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been friends for a really long time. Yeah. Well, you said twenties now. Nineteen ninety nine is like it's it's mm-hmm. quite some time has passed. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh. oh, that's amazing. And then you. Were you adopted by just your mom or was it also like uh dad or or no? Yeah, so yeah. I have yeah, my parents uh they both adopted me. I have a mom and dad. And yeah, my mom's side is Ashkenazi Jewish and my dad's side is Midwestern Christian. So it's very like very multicultural, very multi-faith. Growing up, it was just like a mishmash of all sorts of things. Oh, <laughs> yeah sorry say that again i totally cut you off (laughs) i was saying i think it's very cool Mm -hmm. definitely like very interesting like my dad's side live the majority live in a town in illinois that has about 400 people Mm -hmm. when i go there it's like everyone knows who i am just by like the news in the town has spread and that's really cool like his his grandmother and grandfather like had like a farm and my grandmother grew up on a farm in the midwest which is really interesting and then mm. on my mom's side is a little bit more like urban her grandparents came from romania and they came to the united states in the early 1900s oh, and wow. yeah and then i also have like both of her parents divorced and remarried so i have I got two sets of grandparents on her side. Oh, so wow. like, yeah. So like the family is, is very rich history, like through the great, oh, Depression, sure. all this really interesting stuff. Whoa. Wow. Do you, how do you, do you know how your parents actually met though? Cause that seems like very contrasting backgrounds. It's just, I don't know their journeys to like meet. I'm like, how did they meet? I mean, I love those stories too, yeah, but they met through my mom's roommate at the time oh okay them to a party i love it at the same at her house at the house my mom was living at and that's how she met my dad Mm. um so the way they met at first at that party but the first time i believe they actually like really talked to each other was the same roommate was going out on vacation and she said to my mom hey i already sold my car but i need you to like give the keys to the person I sold it to and like make sure they got the deed and everything for mm-hmm. it. Person was my dad. Ah. Yeah. So they just happened to be like it have a mutual friend. Yeah. And then they, they got together. I mean, it sounds like the roommate did some matchmaking, but I don't know if it was intentional. <laughs> was I'm like, not hey. sure. <laughs> funny. I think if you if you are an event planner of any kind, at some point, people are going to, like, get together from your events. Yeah, that's true. I Yeah, people who like to organize and gather people from all over, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, people are going to meet, of course. That's cute. I mean, I'm a romantic, so I do. I'd like to think that your your mom's roommate was like, hey, you guys, yeah. you guys connected. Let me, like, give a reason for you guys to really connect. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, because my dad's last name is Bloom. So everyone, mm-hmm. my mom, 
like her friend group and everything thought that she was marrying a Jewish guy because Bloom is a very Jewish last name. Oh. But, and it's German Jewish, and, but his family is not at all. Yeah, he's so, a that, Christian. That, yeah. Whoa. Okay, because you um, growing up, you did you did you follow both faiths? Like you did Christi- you follow Christianity practices or like Jewish practices too? Right? Yeah. Yeah, growing up is very secular. Like I think I celebrated holidays from both, but very secularly. Like I didn't realize that Christmas was about Jesus until I was like in middle school because. Okay. In my family, it was just like, oh, we put up a tree and we have give presents. I didn't really like make the connection of, oh, this is a religious holiday. Mm. The same with like Jewish holidays. Like we'd celebrate Hanukkah and like like the menorah and everything. And then that was kind of my connection to Judaism was through that. I think a lot of people can relate to on like a lot of holidays now have become very secular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like entered popular culture as like a thing we do, even if yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, especially especially like the tree and all that Santa mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, we did my my parents. We did did not let us the double dip on okay. Christmas. It was yeah, one set of presents. Okay, that was gonna be my next question. Is like, so did you get seven presents and then all the other presents, or? Yeah, I usually get I get some small things during Hanukkah and then like the rest at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I have kids, I'd do it the same way because yeah, that'd be a lot of gifts. <laughs> oh yeah, still fun though. It's like, oh hey, it's fun. I know people who did get both, like mm-hmm. especially if parents are divorced, and like oh. they'll get one side will do Hanukkah and they'll get all the gifts and then the other side will do Christmas and they'll get all the gifts. I guess that's one of the small, small perks, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Did you also have a it's when you turn 13? I know it's like a different for female and male. Bar and bat mitzvah. Yeah, so it would right? be a bat mitzvah for a girl. I did not have a bat mitzvah mm-hmm. at their um, which Actually, is in large part because my mom also did not have a bat mitzvah. Because, like, growing up, when she was growing up, like, only boys got bar mitzvah. Like, the girls getting bat mitzvah is like a pretty new thing. <gasps> no actually. way. Yeah. So, like, when, like, she and I, I, we didn't even like realize it was a thing to be bat mitzvah until because we didn't really like again everything is very secular so i didn't really grow around a lot of of like other jewish people we didn't even realize that like it was a thing because it wasn't a thing in her community so yeah i did not but i really would like to as an adult that is you can do an adult bar mitzvah which i think would be very cool whoa okay wow that's just something i did not know i feel like a I personally just don't know much about like religion and like the practices that associate with it, but I like knew of that, but I didn't realize it was like not a thing, but I guess. Yeah, there's actually a lot of women who are around, like I've met in, in synagogues and stuff who are around my mom's age that also did not get botanists. Very new, like in the long term, like, like of Judaic history, it is very recent. It was like the last hundred years. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, 
American history is pretty young, but I guess even going beyond America's history, but like other countries too, because you said your mom's Romanian, like from Romania originally. Yeah, her grandparents were. Yeah. Oh, her grandparents are. Okay. Yeah. I guess like some of those practices and stuff. I mean, well, even mm-hmm. in the US, it was like, yeah, like the right to vote for women was like kind of recent too, if you think about it. So I was like, oh. Yeah, some communities will uh, botanists for girls at 12 too, which is another interesting thing. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, it varies by community and like by time and region and all of that. Like, but boys, it's pretty consistently at 13. Wow. Like an adult at 13 for boys in pretty wow. much all branches of Judaism. But girls, it like it really depends on the community and like the age might be different or some communities don't do it or or others will keep it exactly the same as boys. It just really depends. Oh, OK. Because I guess that does fall within like Christianity also has like different communities and stuff too they do different practices and whatnot depending so i guess i really shouldn't be makes sense with judaism too so it's like oh okay Whoa. yeah <laughs> yeah it, it is really interesting i would like to do it as an adult and a lot of p- people particularly women will go back and do it as an adult mm-hmm. I, I read this story of someone who was in their 80s who got and did it Bought misfed. Yeah, because again, like she would have been from the generation where they didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Modern days, I guess it's like, you know, more more acceptable or something to yeah. Yeah. Guess, yeah. Most people most people today have like it doesn't matter if you're a boy or you're you're gonna get uh they like the plural or the like gender neutral one is like bene mitzvah that's uh so like i know of like a non-binary kid who had a b'nai mitzvah which i think is mm-hmm. really yeah so it's but yeah there were actually though i do know people like the kids who became 13 in like 2020 a lot of them did not get bar and bought mitzvah kind of for obvious mm-hmm. reasons because they weren't the classes and like people were like freaking out because yeah. yeah. there was they did it on Zoom. I know mm. a couple. I know a couple of kids who did their like their bar mitzvah. Um, okay, like the ceremony part because I, I, I mean, I, you have the ceremony, but I thought like the big por- portion of it is like the party, right? Like the big party afterwards. No, I do feel bad for those kids because they didn't get that opportunity. Or I know, I have a, I know someone who said that they did theirs like outdoors but it was still during really early covid so then people would, like, drive by and like honk it was like a little parade oh uh, it's definitely it definitely changes obviously with the time and the place yeah. what happens wow hmm. yeah i didn't even think about that for for yeah wow i was like man, my mind is just worrying of like well that's really interesting very timely that we're talking about this during the holiday season of course because i know there's yeah. a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of celebrations of different i mean because you have kwanzaa as well and mm-hmm. other other holidays that it's like i didn't know these were all religious affiliated or not but most are i think most are Hi. yeah wow that's yeah interesting. and do you know why your parents decided to adopt or is it just like hey let's do it um I know that my mom had a friend who adopted from China Mm. and the friend like gave her the name of the agency. So 
the girl they adopted was older than me by like they a couple of years and they so then they gave my parents the information and then my parents like applied from that oh. from what i understand they weren't specifically looking for like a chinese adoption and mm-hmm. they were also considering domestic but then it was like the seeing someone else had already gone through the process yeah then they, they went with the same group there was a the guy who organized it with the uh, adoption agency where f- our family like still knows him oh he, cool yeah, his name is norman i forget what his last name is so norman forgive me but he was <laughs> the guy who organized it all and like for the 13 families they went to china oh, like, norman was the, he was part of like the translation process and like mm. they arrived in china he was like there so that he stayed with the families Norman, he's in like all the photos and videos. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, is he still doing that today too? Or I don't, this... I don't believe so. I believe. Oh, okay. he, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, he's in, he's in the photos and all the videos. He yeah. Kind of arranged like for the families to go, and it's it. I feel like it's interesting too because I know all the families went on the same flights over, and then they stayed in the same hotel, and then they took the same flights home. Mm-hmm. So a big like camaraderie oh yeah because like, i mean my mom is and dad are really close with some still a lot of the families that went like mm. I, I see i see at least four or five of like other people from my adoption group at mm-hmm. least annually. oh you see them how often at least annually, annually. oh yeah wow. yeah we all keep in touch we have we have a group chat even like we all like our adoption day is February 2nd so we'll all like text in the group chat mm-hmm. which is kind of funny uh February 2nd is actually my younger sister's birthday so mm-hmm. always remember when it's going to come <laughs> it's like we're yeah. celebrating your birthday but also adoption day yeah. yeah yeah is your younger sister also adopted or no she's um yeah she, she was also adopted um in 2001 oh so i actually do remember going to get her because yeah. i was me at that point oh wow yes okay. i specifically remember like first of all lax at that time los angeles international airport yeah so let's leave out out of there um it was a complete mess this is also like months after 9-11 so mm. right 2001 yep okay it was very crazy. I remember, like, we were we were stuck in a really terrible traffic trying to get to the airport, and we were going to be late for the international flight. And my mom got out of the car on the freeway. Like, this is the, one of those airport shuttles, and she moved traffic cones on the freeway so the shuttle could get off the freeway and get to the airport on time. Dang. We were not going to miss that flight. Yeah. Props to your mom. Shoot. Yeah. Like, I'm getting out on the field. Well, because I think already, even before a major life or major event like that, it was like there's traffic in LA for sure. <laughs> LAX has been under construction since before I was even born. Oh my God. Still under construction. Like, um, if you watch any old movies that they filmed in LA, like in the airport 
a lot of that stuff is still there and you're oh like oh I saw that wall that wall was like there when I was at the airport last month oh my gosh okay that's yeah. always <laughs> it, I definitely like it was really cool getting to go back to China and then um, my sister was not adopted from the same province as I was she was adopted from more central China and then I was from southern China mm-hmm. so I mean I I was like three, so I vaguely remember something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You remember something like, I guess, this hint of something because yeah. I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. It was, and my grandparents also went on that trip. My mom's parents. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it was a pretty big group. They didn't do quite the same thing. Like the, the like agency didn't do the, quite the same thing where they grouped tons of families together there were a right. lot of families one time but they were all spread out or going to like the same geographic location yeah it's like i'm from zanjian which is um at the time it was a very pretty rural area like the agents uh or like the social workers told my family that like most of the girls were like the children of the local like fisher yeah like, in families because it's like you would go out on the waterfront like look at the pictures and i like it's the fishing trawlers coming in from the ocean i recently looked at a picture of it and it looks like i'm like a metropolis now oh yeah because you said you're from like not too far from the vietnam border so i can imagine like some of these like exterior cities or closer to the borders or to the waters are like become metropolises because it's like trading and stuff it's like, oh. apparently one of the largest fishing ports in china whoa today. yeah it's... it's like the pictures are like crazy compared to the pictures my parents took, in took when they yeah and that's like yeah. over 20 years of a span of 20 years the change Oh, no, this is kind of overwhelming to think about how much can change in 20 years. I also think it's pretty ironic that I ended up, um, like, in America, living on basically one of America's biggest ports, the Port of Los Angeles, which I think is very, I think that's very ironic. Yeah. I think that's funny. I don't know. Like, I basically went from one port city to another. Yeah symbolic i don't know it's very like symbolic for your life story when you when you want to you know capture that in its moment your story seaport to seaport or something (laughs) seaport to seaport that's right and i mean i'm sure like like ships from that port come into los angeles every day oh yeah 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 i believe it because i'm sure the pattern from there to los angeles is like shorter yeah i imagine (laughs) it's Mm-hmm. Ge- geographically like oh huh, okay that's like not too far but wow yeah that is pretty cool do you i feel like this is such a lame follow-up but i'm very curious it's like do you like seafood do you do you like no I i'm not about okay I'll, <laughs> I was like i'll eat anything that seafood sushi okay uh, i really love like mediterranean seafood like okay meat or yeah any seafood i'm okay. a seafood person okay i I seafood i eat it (laughs) okay i was like oh man i can't imagine like if you really are like you know you like you were born like a seaport area then you go to a seaport area like if you don't like seafood you're allergic thankfully you're not it's like what do you do like 
I guess there's I other food, but still, I feel like that is a part of your identity. It becomes a part of your identity. Like, I live in the seaport city. I must eat this or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I love seafood. So if that's genetic or learned, which it could be either, I, I'm <laughs> sort of seafood cuisine. I love it. So I'll probably, I'll probably put a break in between too when we're of, of like talking and recording. But you've been back to China. That was the one time you've been back. You haven't been back again, right? Or do you want to um, go back? I did go back in 2007, right before the Beijing hosted the Olympics. And I actually mm. went with my family, went with another family from my adoption group. So we, they were, uh, we all went and we got to see like kind of like the tourist things like Beijing, the yeah. Forbidden the Great Wall. And it was really, really neat. And then we went to Chengdu and I got to hold a panda, which was crazy. I actually held a panda, like a baby panda. And you have to wear like a suit and everything because obviously they're very endangered. And you have to put your hair up and gloves on. So you can't touch them. You're wearing like a whole body suit as like almost like you're going to like a hazmat facility. Wow. And and then they bring out the panda and you can hold it and then they take pictures and then they take it back to yeah the mom and I think this was like a panda reserve so some of the the ones that they would bring you are the ones that didn't have mom for whatever reason they had like they were okay with a lot of human touch I don't they wouldn't let you like touch one that's like in the wild yeah 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 oh that was wild they're actually like pretty their hair looks really soft but it's actually really coarse oh okay yeah. i was just going to ask you like is it light no it can't be light they're pretty heavy oh, aren't they? it's like, it's, and they're heavy they're heavy and they squirm they're so cute yeah but their the hair is not soft i thought it was going to be really soft but it's like really dense and like thick because i felt like in i went to alaska and i felt like a bear pelt and mm-hmm. it was kind of soft it's very soft I thought it was going to be like that. And it was not at all. Like mm. it was very coarse. And so that was really neat. And then the last stop was actually going to uh, Zanjan and seeing all of the places like the the hotel that my parents stayed at. Um, I got to see where the orphanage was. It has since been demolished and something uh. else. There. I saw the hospital there that, I was found at, which was really cool. And then got to see like the port with all the boats. And there's like, it's a clearly a, a working port city. Mm-hmm. But it was when I saw it, it was very much reminded me of like, oh, yes, like Port of Los Angeles. <laughs> Home. Yeah. yeah. Where I live now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really, really neat. I was really glad to have gone, especially now considering like I've heard it's changed just so much because I have yeah. friends on that area and like they're like, yeah, it's like there's skyscrapers and you wouldn't even recognize it if you came back now. Wow. You have friends who are living there now, like adoptee friends or just, um, like, not people adopt- met? Yeah, like actually people from my Jewish Asian group, some of them are from like uh, Guangzhou and like the and China and so 
there's actually like quite a few people that I've met who are like, yeah, I've like been there. I live there. And like some friends in college as well who are from China. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think we did talk about this like uh, when we first were talking. It's like how it's like Jewish Asian women is like a very, very small community, but also like, you know, everybody in it. Right. It's like yeah it's small but you know everybody in the world well you just said my friends who who are there like are from them like that's kind of like really far away so I guess it really must be connected wow yeah yeah you can be connected so like the group is uh lunar it's called the lunar collective which refers to like the lunar new year which both Mm -hmm. Asian calendars and Jewish calendars are on the lunar new year oh okay they're they're on the lunar calendar so they follow the moon cycles versus like our standard calendar so that was the impetus behind the name um i'm not one of the founders that's um actually someone who went to my high school jenny rudolph and is and um she was one of the co-founders of lunar but that's why they picked the name was like the sun and the moon being the main focus of both most Asian cultures calendars and the Jewish calendar. But yeah, it, the community is really small. Yeah. Like, the Jewish community on its own is really small. Like I've met people who are like from New York, from I met someone recently from Denver. And yeah. I was like, oh, do you know so and so and so and so? And he was like, yeah, like I saw them like last week. Yeah. <laughs> Just, super super small but then you get like another subset of yeah uh, people who are like a subset of judaism and it gets even smaller yeah yeah wow and then of course like the females within that is like another like even smaller subset but lunar is open to every to both men mm-hmm. and women, so mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's very small i know i know a lot of people wow. and i have a few tools with a lot more yeah, I mean, like, the ones that are in China know about this and see my city. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh. I, I would not be surprised. Like, the organization has sp- expanded so much. There's people in Canada. There's people in mm-hmm. Europe who are following us. I mean, the majority of events are in the United States, but mm-hmm. there's people from all over the world that follow the Instagram account and interact with the group and yeah. online because the technology is great and we can do oh that. yeah yeah i i mean and i was that also like during the block like the blossom the bloom <laughs> sorry the pun i couldn't help it it's like the bloom during the pandemic you know um like during the pandemic too like did the did it seem like the community became much larger as well because I, I think that happened i feel like that happened with like the adoptee community too where it just it like blew up and you saw like there's so many of us and we all just started to connect on groups and oh, stuff sure. yeah no, this- okay it started with a documentary film project where the two original co-founders thought, well, we'll just make a documentary and that's kind of it. Like that was the original plan from what I know. And then it there became so much demand for more programming. More people just kept joining. It got larger and larger and larger. And it just became like an, a nonprofit organization of asian and asian jews basically mm-hmm. nice yeah yeah it got huge over the pandemic mm-hmm. it started 
like I remember I applied to be in the documentary. So I was actually interviewed for the documentary. Ah. And that happened, I think it was like the end of 2019. So obviously like right before the pandemic. And then by the time they actually started filming, it was actually all on Zoom and it was mm-hmm. in the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. So your interview was done like over Zoom for the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, even though I live very close to where the uh, founders lived, like because of the pandemic and restrictions, it just made more sense and for safety to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you couldn't meet. And yeah. Uh, no. I, in fact, I didn't meet most of the community members. I did not meet for like over a year and a half in person we knew them through zoom which was also really crazy yeah that is pretty crazy yeah it's like oh yeah i've like known you for so long but then you're like this is the first time we're meeting in person which i think that was a very common feeling we all had too post pandemic it's like oh i connected with all of you but then i met you now for some reason i everyone is way taller and then i and then i meet them and everyone is shorter and i don't know if that's I'm short like I just assume everyone's gonna be like taller and then I meet really wait how short are you I kind of got the impression you were taller like I thought you were like five six or something I'm barely five three whoa okay I'm taller than you that's what I'm saying is like zoom distorts like the 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 high perception (laughs) you have of people I'm totally tripped up. I swear. I was like, oh, yeah, she seems like she's like five, six or something. <laughs> oh, I think that about like most people on Zoom. I'm like, everyone must be really tall. And then I meet mm. people I'm like, oh, we're not actually that actually, different. Yeah. Well, it's also like in communities, like Asian communities that I have joined, like in New York City. Um, and it's just funny when you're like amongst only Asian, East Asians mostly to specify and you like take a picture and you realize it's like I'm actually one of the taller people here is kind of like funny because like oh yeah. no usually I have to like be in the very front or but this is very specific to Asian communities not necessarily like it's like that's wild now I'm wondering if it's the opposite effect like really tall people in person they seem shorter on zoom no <laughs> like, a, like a psychology study and be like so what is it what is the height like perception yeah FaceTime or Zoom versus me. Yeah. Huh, maybe there's one of those studies that we just haven't seen it yet. I'm sure there is. There's studies in everything. Now I'm like totally tripped up. It's like, well, you're barely 5'3? Yeah, I'm like 5'3. Like the top of my head is just at the line that says 5'3. Okay. So, like, if I slouch at all, I'm 5'2. Like, wow, that is that is petite. Yeah, because I'm. The doctor's like, you can say you're five four, but I'm like five and three quarters or something like that. So if I guess I stand up, maybe I don't know, but yeah. So I'm not much taller than you, but it's just kind of like your oh, sister. You, yeah, you. I was gonna say your sister tall too. Or she's no? five. She's like five six, five seven. I'm so jealous. She's taller than me. I remember, like, because obviously she's the younger sister. So when yeah. she called me, it was like, haha, and I'm like, no. But I'm the shortest person in my immediate family. So. <laughs> like, no. It's like, darn genetics, man. Uh, uh, that's really yeah. funny. That is so funny. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Physical characteristics and all that other jazz. It's a, it's a whole thing. But I was like, huh, interesting. Because 
what we how we're raised and stuff i guess in the u.s and what we eat like i think that definitely affects some stuff yeah <laughs> uh, and i think also aren't generations just getting taller overall yeah i think um, that's it better and like we're we're just yeah. but being healthier i guess i don't know yeah yeah I mean, I think it was only, what, like five years ago where somebody pointed out to me, it's like, you know, you're actually like a petite person. And I was like, no, I'm not. And it's like, no, you really are. And then it's like, you think about it when you sit on the plane and you're like in that seat and you're like, oh, I guess I am smaller than I thought. And then yeah. like getting on the train. Yeah. What's like, have you, like going to a theater that was built in like the 1800s and like the seats are tiny, like people yeah. were smaller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole commentary on like uh, history and things have changed or it's it's like how napoleon was actually of average height but like he's short because like average height in those days was not that tall compared to now yeah i I always think that's really funny it was was, i think i was also mind blown it was like abraham lincoln was actually um i think he was actually physically disabled but he actually was like not that tall either and i was like wait i thought he was like the six foot man but he was actually only like five something or something like that. It was one of those. I probably added a couple inches. Yeah, inches. 100%. <laughs> I was like, damn, maybe I just didn't pay attention in history class or we just don't teach that part of the history. Well, like, He definitely seems taller than those around him in photographs. But if I guess if we consider the average height is smaller, he might not have been that tall. Yeah. Like, hold on. I'm looking this up now. How, yeah. tall? How tall is Abe Lincoln? <laughs> Or was. I guess he's not here now that we know of. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wait, he says that he was six foot four inches. So that's oh, really very tall compared for like even today. Oh. The shortest president was James Madison, who was five foot four. Okay. So that's like right above my height. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a graph that I shows love it. <laughs> the height of presidents has, have gotten taller. As time progresses. So again, that's like comes yeah. back to height. But everyone is the majority are around six feet, according mm. to according to Wikipedia. This this whole episode has been like a lesson on like Judaism, religion, faith, and uh some history. <laughs> well, well, I was a history major in school, so that's kind oh, of Oh, you were? Oh, okay. I was. I love history. Did you have a specific area that you focused in? Um, I did American history. I feel like oh my I'm gosh. interested in like the the kind of the more modern day. Like that's true of all the history. Like like the more modern, the better. I feel like there's so much we don't mm-hmm. actually talk about that's so important. Yeah. Day. I just saw an article recently talking about how like although this doesn't necessarily apply to me being from China, that like a lot of adoptees who are from vietnam are like here and as a direct result of the vietnam war yeah and and the same with like cambodia and like a Mm. lot of places where specifically like the u.s has gone into these countries or otherwise intervened yeah which i think really really interesting that Mm. that is and i guess that that makes sense like yeah i feel like with china we're, we're we're a little different because of the one child policy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and I, I don't remember if it was like Korea it was like Korean War, but like you when you learn from Korean adoptees, it's like oh the history and timeline too. It's like oh Korean War. Um, yeah, Korea was yeah. another one. I, yeah, there is definitely like, but like a whole generation of Korean adoptees who are like directly here because of the war. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They have now become gotten to a point though where they have like a huge Korean adoptee conference thing. Uh, I think it's like once every three or four years, something like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's like okay, maybe maybe one day China will also have this. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know about that, <laughs> but it'd be nice. Now, they revoked the one-child policy because the population oh, yeah. is declining, yeah. and there's more men than women. Yup, so like, funny. I'm like, well, there, there's something like over a hundred thousand women who are like adopted into the U.S. alone, and I'm yeah. sure there's many more. Like, I've met adoptees from like Sweden, Norway, yep. Ireland, like all over the like the West world. Yeah, they are all everywhere. So, oh yeah, it's like, oh, okay, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. Definitely, it, it's definitely. I feel like a lot of people want adoption to be a very clear-cut narrative of like just oh like it's you know it's totally I've seen people who argue that it's like a hundred percent a good good thing and then there's some who argue it's a hundred percent a bad thing and I'm like well I feel like with everything there is both good and bad to it yeah of course if you were like someone's biological kid or like any sort of other like identity you're just gonna good and bad parts yeah for my adoption i feel really lucky that i have great adopted parents and i have a very pretty stable family relationship i know not everyone gets that Mm -hmm. i also feel like i don't i know many people really do feel that they're like missing a part of them that they don't know about their birth parents Mm -hmm. whereas i feel lucky that i'm kind of like i'm good like if they find me because I am on like 23 and me that's like one thing but I'm probably not gonna go look mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's different for everybody how they feel because you're, you're exactly right I think some people I have met it's like they do feel very strongly about their birth search and like finding their birth family and parents if they're around of course um, and others who are like I'm good it's fine I have no interest it's like all right well respect that yeah that's what i always say it's like you always got to respect whatever people are doing at their time because you know i also feel like the yeah. the main reason i would want to is like health information but with genetic yeah. testing now you can do that just like oh, you're true yeah like they can run all sorts of genetic panels on you and like mm-hmm. like 23 and me already gives you like a basic understanding yeah i did um, do that too there was like the 23 me and uh genes only or the dna uh, but there was also like a health version and yeah. like you can get it on sale where you're not paying like 185 us dollars it was only like 75 or something for the health and genes or something like that so i was like oh fascinating yeah <laughs> i didn't find and it, nothing came back as like a red flag so that's, oh, that's a relief yeah they did say i might be more prone to type 2 diabetes so i'm like huh? well that's good to know. I'll just yeah, what I eat. <laughs> yeah, be conscious of what you eat. I mean, I don't know. I think seafood is helpful, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty three and me actually like 
very I was very much into it. Um, it's pretty fun. I get like emails from it. And I got this one email that I saved because I actually laughed out loud when I got it. It was mm-hmm. like you know how emails come up on your phone and they give you like that banner notification. Yeah. Not like a banner notification. And it was like, Vanessa, your Bunions report is ready. Yes. <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, what? Yes. Yeah. I am not predisposed to Bunions, which oh. is good, I guess. But I never like considered the, the Bunions report as being like. I didn't look at that report, but I can confirm I have a Bunion. So I was like, I don't think I need to look at a report to confirm that. But OK, uh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, some of it I'm like, I don't even know how this would happen where it's like there is some there's some of those like judging your taste on do you like salt and or yeah. sweet? Yeah, yeah. I don't know all the science behind that, but that's kind of fascinating. Who knows? They just want all the data and to put into the something. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna like yeah, they're gonna get my DNA and yeah. hackers and then yeah 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 and we'll see yeah. what happens in 20 years <laughs> yeah I I always kind of like when people like China is trying to steal our data and like TikTok I'm like you know the U.S. is also also doing, doing that yeah like nothing we say ever is private yeah like, uh no I'm pretty sure everybody is taking data <laughs> it's like oh yeah you know, you know like that mail you didn't sign up for that was your mailing address being sold somewhere. So mm-hmm. no real. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's, everyone has our data. Yeah. On that note, always like to ask the last question. I mean, I don't keep this track of this, but I always ask. It's like, um, is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or others who are interested in learning about Chinese adoption or has has an effect on them? I feel like one thing that I would really like from other adoptees is I really love media representation and kind of being more visible. And I know that's not like the end all be all because there's work to be done Mm. and there's a lot of other factors and, you know, representation is not like symbolic of like overall equity. Yeah. I'm as someone who is like a creative and I write and I Um, I'm very into movies and media. I feel like that power that you can have from being seen is what, why I've been inspired to do what I do. And I feel like it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. You haven't like that power of seeing yourself represented. It's almost indescribable until you experience it. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, we really haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah way better like obviously there's so much more representation now than even there was five years ago i really think that crazy rich asians broke down the wall like that's when studios were like okay asian stories can be profitable which is sad that it's linked to profit but that's a hundred it is like okay well it can be profitable and the kind of the floodgates have opened which yeah. is really exciting. I just don't see a lot of adoptee stories out there. Which yeah. is, I mean, part of that is something that I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a short film and I've written a lot 
of stuff that kind of highlights that I think it's powerful because like mm -hmm. I don't know if I told you like the Taika Waititi story I actually am writing an article for a Jewish publication called Hey Alma about this mm. but like until okay so I'd never heard of like another Asian Jewish person and I know Taika Waititi is like Maori so it's Asian Pacific Islander it's not quite the same but mm -hmm. I've never even heard of like anyone from any sort of region in Asia at yeah. all being Jewish and then when I was I I was like a teenager there was an article I was very into Marvel movies and there was an article that the the uh next Thor movie would be directed by like an an like an indie director named Taika Waititi and I never heard of this guy yeah and the article described him as like uh Asian Pacific and Jewish oh. and I heard, like literally like laughing out loud to myself I was like that's so weird and then I like had a moment where I just like stopped and I was like is that me like mm. and I remember it so vividly because it's almost like if you haven't seen someone who looks like you or has identities with you in any sort of position in life where you you could could aspire to be that you don't even know that it's possible for you and I feel like yeah. in that like things became possible because I didn't even realize that was a thing you could do I, when people asked because of my last name ironically people would ask are you Jewish and I would say mm. Um, like I would not really claim that for myself because I didn't think that was possible mm. that I remember seeing that article and like I wish I remember what article it was I should have like saved it but I didn't really realize how that would change everything but I remember seeing that and being like what mm. and I think yeah. that's so powerful yeah and like I think that with the adoptees we should have more of that and we should be able to see it because there are new generations of adoptees oh, yeah. i know there's asian adoptees who are like gen alpha mm -hmm. you know, like the kind of the big age of adoptees was like during the one china or the one child policy there yeah. are a bunch now or there's like other people who just were adopted and maybe they weren't asian or they aren't from china they might be domestic adoption yeah. Like there's so much that could be explored that isn't. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. That's a big reason for like listening to podcasts or like making podcasts and all the stuff because it's like we ourselves are. I know I personally, it's like I myself am exploring it, and this is one way of like trying to explore and also share for like the others who are curious to find that stuff. But I do think a lot of us are now entering into like the early, I mean, I just turned 30. So I'm part of the 30s adoptees now um, of Chinese adoptees. So we are paving our own way. No, and it's so cool to meet like, like I read the story of someone who was a, an adoptee who was in her 50s. And I was like, that is so neat because growing up, like you don't really see people who look like you. You don't yeah. have you know how like the the whole like thing of having elders who you can like see or there's like an article that like the majority of kids who are people of color not even like adoptees just people of color will have maybe one teacher that looks like them their entire life and I would say that's actually really true like I never had an Asian high school teacher 
or middle school or elementary. Mm. And like the others that were minorities, I only had one. I had like, and she taught Spanish. Like, oh, like there that there's so little. Like, even though I feel like obviously represent, representation isn't the end, there's so much. Like, kids aren't seeing this in their lives either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's 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 a lot. I feel like, yeah, like the having that representation really ensures the next generation is gonna have it yeah I think about that as my work because I'm one of the LA community leaders for Lunar so we have like different hubs and so like I work with the LA group and so we like our Hanukkah party we had 60 people which was like incredible oh yeah I think I saw your post about that yeah and so there's like New York and everything and then uh san francisco and there's like even more subgroups that are smaller awful hubs like hawaii dc chicago and like when i was there i there were lots of families this year which i think is so amazing i feel like my work there is when I see kids coming to these events who like maybe one parent is Jewish, one parent is Asian, so they're mixed race. There's some who are adopted and their parents are Jewish or, or like any sort of number of things could have been going on for the kid to actually end up at this event. Yeah. um, But every time we run these events, we have basically like, secured these children a future in which they will not feel alone that there will be others who look like them who have the similar experiences like they will have like elders who they will be able to ask and look up to who are from their own very specific community and I think that's like so powerful and something that I would have liked and now Mm -hmm. I get to help create that for exactly amazing and there's other like people like there's someone in our group is like in her 60s and she's an asian jew and it's like Mm. you get to see and hear from people who have share your experience yeah 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 yeah. because they live i mean they live longer too and then um they get to see what what's coming what has grown too over the the Uh, years which is like yeah yeah, Lunar itself is not innately like nothing in the programming is like innately made for kids. Like, yet. yeah, it's just members who like us are now getting in 20s, 30s, 40s mm-hmm. and having kids. And mm-hmm. so it's progressing that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Would you be able to share the organization's like social and then? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, literally on Instagram, it's at Asian.Jews. Like, oh. We, we, I was, I always think that's like the funniest like handle that that one that was like open so they could get it, and then two, it's like yeah, I'll tell people I'm like yeah, just go to at Asian Jews like that's literally that's really what it is. It's, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's very self-explanatory. But I just always like whenever I tell people that handle, like people are like, wow, that's like pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually like, oh, that that's yeah. Okay, exactly. no need to question what that what you're yeah. okay <laughs> i was oh. saying the other la community leader is also an adoptee from china one of no them, way and one of the other one of them is also an adoptee from china yeah i love it have you guys yeah. expanded to canada and stuff yet or you're slowly doing that um there's some canadian members there's it's 
because it's kind of community led, there's no one in Canada yet who's like, I'm going to be hosting events. I see. But uh, there's definitely people there. And if there's more people that hear about it, there definitely could be a Canadian branch in the future. Like there's adoptees everywhere. Oh, yeah. Adoptees everywhere. And like Asian Jews everywhere, too. (laughs) Uh, Honestly. Yeah, there's actually like an Asian Jewish like group that's that's from China. Like they are, they have a synagogue and everything in China, the Kaifeng Jews, and they're descended wow. from the per from Persian Jews who immigrated into China like centuries ago. And they just have a really small community in Kaifeng, and there's like they married uh, like Chinese locals, and just like I've met people from the Kaifeng Jewish community and it's really interesting because like they have like a Torah that's written in Hebrew and then Chinese and if you look Mm. in the synagogue it they'll have Hebrew writing and kind of the elements of a synagogue but also elements of like Chinese culture just like infused in it's so wow that's pretty cool because it's like it's like each community kind of adapts to like what their community is like if that makes sense <laughs> whatever they're like culturally what the community is like because each community is going to be probably different like what they do or like how they like i feel yeah. like the west coast versus east coast might have like a different oh there's definitely energy for sure there's definitely a difference between west coast and east coast too my family <laughs> always been on the west coast like i don't have any relatives in new york or on the east coast mm-hmm. kind of rare i think for jewish families like usually someone will have a relative in the east coast or like people like, that's what i thought yeah definitely a difference and i think it's just goes back to like the vibe of new york versus la is completely yeah different. funny that's great oh my gosh well this was lovely i was just saying we could we could end uh, thank you so much for having me thank this you i gotta um, come visit I want to come back to New York. I have so many people I know there. Yeah, apparently. uh, A lot of Asian Jews here, I know for sure. And we probably have even more mutuals. Like, I don't have my phone with me. Yeah, no. I was like, Instagram, it always shows up. Like, geez, all the mutuals. Um, Like, personal one and the personal Instagram. Because I feel like the adoptee one, of course, they're going to have mutuals. (laughs) No, I feel like the New York Asian community is very small. Like, people know each other. Not it's not a, not a lot of people, but I guess close. Like, people know each other. Oh, yeah. That was, like, a conversation I was having with some friends yesterday. I mean, we're not all... We weren't all Chinese that were hanging out, but it was a bunch of Asian people hanging out. Yeah. They were talking about how they know each other from, like, college or from this other group or something. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, Asians, we just all find each other. We know of a person. Mm-hmm. Full circle. I feel like this is a great end is I'm going to a um, someone's birthday and their event is at a place called Bloom Tavern. No way. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's- that was very coincidence. It's like she's yeah. um she's partially Japanese, uh, but I met her through like an old like an old roommate who um, went to, like cool. a Japanese teaching program. So like they know each other from there. So I met her through him and I was like, but she's having a birthday celebration at a place called Bloom Tavern. And I was like, whoa. Bloom is like do you know Rachel Bloom, like the actress? That sounds familiar. Yes, I should. I, uh, I think she did like Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Oh, was she the main the main lead? Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Yes. So, like, obviously, like she is 
uh like very jewish and rachel bloom is like a super jewish name i recently found out from my mom that if i had not been named vanessa i would have been named rachel which would have made me rachel bloom i Uh, love it that's both amazing but i'm also really glad that didn't happen because she's older than me so like she would have already been famous by the time like i was (laughs) cognizant of it so that's what everyone would just say (laughs) but i think that's Uh, like okay i had to look oh yeah 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 yeah. okay i recognize her yeah i have to say you guys don't look alike at all (laughs) okay okay (laughs) also born in la which is also like like yeah she's she that's so close like if i had been named rachel bloom i'm like really glad that we did not have happened. oh yeah <laughs> that would have been too similar I'm like okay yeah but yeah. that's a nice name though too so i was like hmm. yeah my mom oh. has a v name so she gave me a v name and then my grandmother and my cousin also have v names so. what about your younger sister does she have a v name she does not but she has a v in her name because it's olivia oh changed it up a little yeah. bit up a little bit I picked her I picked her name. My parents gave me an option and they were like, pick one. So it was either gonna be Molly or Olivia, and I chose Olivia. Oh, that's both my nice names though. Yeah. Yeah. Your sister's like, you are the reason I am named Olivia. No, no, I don't know. I I remember like my logic at the time was I didn't want her to be called Mall. Like (laughs) Molly is like Mall, and I didn't I didn't want her to be called Mall. Also, there's another famous person named Molly Bloom. She's in that movie. Um, like she was like a scammer. Like she, yeah, Molly's game. So we we call them Rachel and Molly Bloom. That's hilarious. Okay, so yeah, you chose well, Olivia. Yeah, good, good, good call. Good call yeah <laughs> my logic mall <laughs> i guess you were younger at that time too so it's like that, uh, that's like very i feel like little kid logic yeah yeah i'm like i just don't like it <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with this i love it that your parents are like we're gonna give our kid the choice to name her sister <laughs> i know some people who like don't present names they just ask like i know someone who named their kid like or like they asked the sibling and the kid picked like just a random name. So I'm glad my parents like gave me like, hey, yeah. like what are the options? Pick from yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you would have like what and then naming your sister something probably like an after an object or something you like at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, that would have not been good. <laughs> that was like, hmm. Could really impact your relationship in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure for sure oh my gosh oh what what is your instagram if you'd like to share oh so. yeah um my instagram is at vanessa.loom it is private because i am a teacher so oh yeah yeah <laughs> i do not want students to find me but yes that is me that makes sense yeah i can imagine that's a whole different consciousness you have to have like as a as a teacher wild <laughs> this is really yeah. cool yeah, it's so so cool. I am excited to hear like the final cut or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then definitely want to like keep in touch. And I mm-hmm. was in New York almost a year ago now. Like I went in January. I'm trying to go like I want to try to go like every couple of years at least because I have mm-hmm. so much to go there and I just love it. I want to see Broadway. 
So I will hopefully be back soon and we'll hang out. Yeah, definitely keep in touch. I, I do try to keep in touch with people too, especially it's like, oh, it's been three years. How you been sometimes? sometimes. <laughs> it's like it's been three years. I mean, that's yeah. not that long, but it's like, it's been three years. What have you been up to? So that's one yeah. of those things. If you ever do any like, I don't know if you do like any sort of like adoptee Zooms or anything like with the community from the podcast, I'd be so down. I've thought about that and I was like, this seems so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah it does i was like hey guys let's all get together in our many different time zones and uh try to meet i think yeah that that's really cool well thank you so much thank you this is great and we will we will talk soon we will we will so i always like to say bye for now because it usually is and if you would like to reach me, I am Adoptees Born in China podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Adopted Babies from China at gmail.com. You'll find it if you'd like to. Uh, and then I'll share your Instagram and um, at Asian.Jews. Pretty, yes. pretty standard. You're like, okay, that's that. Asian.Jews. Yes, that's the Lunar Collective. The Lunar Collective. Uh, yes. The handle just happens to be at Asian.Jews. Yes, and I'm not like the main organizer. I am one of the LA organizers. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, it sounds like a great organization to be knowledgeable of or like know that it's there if anybody yeah. wants to like learn more. Um, if you are Jewish and Asian too, great place to go. Well, this is great. That was, I love it. But yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs>